If you've ever felt a sense of dread or fear about a particular conversation, then you are going to understand communication apprehension very well. Communication apprehension is a state of fear or anxiety about a communication situation. It happens to all of us in different situations and to varying degrees. For some people, it's really bad to the point where they feel or become incapacitated, whilst others, they might just avoid a particular communication experience altogether. I have an amazing story today. My guest, Tamara J. Ward, is one of the most incredibly talented PR professionals in the game. And when she got offered a job at the Parramatta Eels, she was three months pregnant. She overcame her communication apprehension. She'll share her story with us today, and you might just pick up some tips on how to manage it yourself. Oprah, Steve Jobs, Andrew Denton, Ando. To me, these guys are masters of communication. The rest of us, well, mainly you, because I'm a pro, fumble our way through. Comical examines this funny little thing called communication that can either tear us down or make us sore. Join me, I'm an amateur comedian and a communication expert. Join me and listen, learn and laugh through the experiences of my very talented guests. Pam? Yeah? Tamara? Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm almost happy this whole coronavirus situation has occurred. Otherwise, I probably would have never had the time to talk to you. I know. I remember us talking about it, wanting to set it up, and you're probably going to come into my office before I lost my job. But now that I'm here at home in my pajamas on my bed, I can do this. I'm glad you're unemployed, so I have the opportunity to talk to you. I know. This is what unemployment does. Well, you are not unemployed. You're just working reduced hours, right, until this whole thing is over? Yeah. Horribly reduced, but reduced all the same. Yeah. 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 Stood okay. down well, indefinitely, I think, is it? You will be back. <laughs> you will be back yeah. in no town. No time. And now you know that podcasting normally is much more glamorous than what you and I are doing now. But, I mean, in this day and age, I had to wait for the kids to be asleep and have somewhere quiet to hide. Same here. For the first time, I've actually locked the door of my bedroom. So I don't know because sometimes every now and then my two kids also come out and have excuses like, mom, I'm thirsty, I need water, things like that. So I was like, I can't risk this. So I've locked the door, all is safe at home in my bedroom. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like I'm getting to know you even more now. It's a little bit more intimate than I would have liked, but nonetheless. Now, you have been with the Parramatta Eels for quite some time now. Yep, three years, but I had maternity leave break in between. So I had about eight months maternity leave, only six months into the role. Yeah. Which is bizarre. So let's, that is totally bizarre. And that's exactly where I want to start. So you were okay. pregnant with your second child when you were approached for this job, which I think was like your dream job at the time. Correct. Yeah. So I'll just take it back a little bit because I was already working part time because I'd had my first child. So actually going back into the workforce after having my first child was far more challenging than I thought because I thought I was shit hot and everyone would hire me and it'd be so easy. But actually finding part-time work, first of all, my old job had said to me they would only accept me four days, not three, which as you know, if you have to put your child into childcare for four days, there's really no point in working because that's my whole salary gone. Yeah. Um, so I had to look for another job, which took me actually a while. So I was off work for about 15 months. Yeah. And then I finally found some part-time work and that's when we were working together at Weber. Yep. And I was there for about, oh, I'd say four months 
And the head of comms at Parramatta Eels contacted me and said, hey, we've had a restructure. Would you like to come work with me at Parramatta Eels? And I guess anyone who knows me knows that rugby league is my passion. I mean, I don't play any sport, but for some reason it's my passion. <laughs> and I always... <laughs> I've, I've seen um, you I, run. I've seen you run to the food court. <laughs> that's a, that's as much exercise as I've done in my life, basically. <laughs> and since I was, well, probably since I started in PR, my dream job was to be a media manager for a football club, rugby league specifically. Yeah. So I was kind of put in a bit of a situation because I had been working at Weber for about only four months. And I had yeah. a bit of loyalty to them because they hired me and um, they were quite flexible with my work arrangements so I could pick up my daughter from, from childcare. But then I was also faced with the challenge of potentially working in my dream job, which I found very hard yeah. to say no to. Yeah. So that's that's kind of how it all started. And I remember having conversations with you about it and, and not knowing what to do exactly and just represent I remember you saying to me at the time, I really want this job, but I'm but I'm effing pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and I know. He didn't know I was pregnant when he offered it to me. So the head of comms of Paramount Eels didn't know. And I remember sitting with you saying, what am I going to say to him? Like, what if I lose this opportunity because I'm going to have to go on maternity leave six months after I start? And I remember brainstorming it with you because I wanted to also be fair to Weber who had given me a job as well. And so I think I just called him and I was just honest with him. I, before I accepted the offer, I said, listen, before I sign anything and, and you take this on, because I wanted to be transparent with him, I said, I've got to tell you that I'm pregnant and I'm only three months pregnant. I think I, at the time I wasn't even, I think I was something like eight or nine weeks pregnant. But by the time I started the role, I would have been three months pregnant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he didn't even hesitate. He just said, that's fine. We'll work it out. And I believe you may have said something to me like, did you guys have a relationship before this? (laughs) (laughs) Why is he being so flexible with you? (laughs) I said, I swear I owe him nothing. I've just known him for a while. So, so I know we had worked together. He was previously a client of mine when he was working at at a, at an IT company when I was in IT PR so yeah. he trusted me, I guess, and I, I knew him quite well. But it was a risk that he was willing to take and I'm probably forever grateful for it. Was there a time where you actually thought, oh, I just, I don't want to tell him, I'm just not going to take on the role because I don't want to even approach the subject that I'm pregnant? Did you what, did you convince yourself that maybe they would just say no and say there was no point? A hundred percent. I thought there was more chance of him saying no, nah, sorry, I can't. I can't take someone on and, and explain to the business that I'm going to have to then bring someone else on in six months to cover this role, because when when you're a media manager internally, there's so many relationships that you have to deal with, especially in sport. There's like 30 players, the coach, then you've got the, the CEO, the board, so many different relationships. And if you start and then bring someone else in after six months, it's difficult. But when you've got an understanding boss, I guess and a good team around you, you just find ways to make it work. And and when I went on maternity leave, I wasn't offline. I was still there, pretty much contactable anytime anyone wanted to talk to me. Media who didn't know I was on leave would still contact me and I would oblige, obviously. So it, it worked think, out. Do you think um, had he, your boss had not known you and you not him, that things would have panned out this way? 
Um, quite possibly. I'm not 100% sure, but yeah, probably. I mean, I think it would have affected, if, if, if I was in his shoes, to be quite honest with you, it probably would have affected my decision as well. So as much as I would like to be flexible and I'd, I'd want to give everyone an opportunity, if I wasn't 100% sure that it wasn't going to work out in the long run, then it would probably be too much of a risk to take someone on and then change them after six months in such a big role. Mm. So, so I guess having the relationship with him, so I think I've known him now for well over 10 years, having yeah. that professional relationship with him beforehand and him being able to trust me and vice versa helped definitely. How did you plan for the conversation? Did you, did you spend time preparing? I remember, I remember when we were brainstorming, you were taking notes. I wrote down I wrote down dot points. I wrote down dot points and I remember also talking to our colleague Linda (laughs) about it as well. And we were furiously writing down dot points and scenarios. And the key to it was, well, I thought the key to it was I had to give him a solution for what happens when I am when I have to go on leave. So I'd already spoken to him about people who I knew who would be good for the role in a contract scenario while I was on leave for eight months. And, you know, I I was brainstorming ideas, but the conversation didn't even get there. So he was quite understanding pretty much straight away. As soon as I said to him, listen, I totally understand if if this is not going to work out because I'm pregnant. And he was like, oh, I'm sure we can make it work. It'll be fine. He was just really understanding. (laughs) What a legend. How did the rest of the team take it internally when you rock up and you you brought a friend? (laughs) Oh, you mean at Weber when my my role when I had no when you when you start at Parramatta Eels and you walk in on your first day and you're pregnant, right? Like yes, everybody just looked looked at me like, what's actually going on here? Why do we have a new person starting (laughs) if the new person is pregnant? And um, for those people who know me, when I'm three months pregnant, I look like I'm full term. So (laughs) it probably would have been shocking for some people. Who thought I was about to give birth then and there? Yeah. <laughs> it would have no, been I'm, I'm sure there probably would have been. Yeah, like I'm sure. Imagine you are. Imagine it was you who was working in an, an office environment and a very fast-paced one, and someone new comes in in a, a, a manager role, and they're quite pregnant. I mean, you'd probably be like, "Why would you hire someone who's going to be on leave <laughs> shortly?" So I didn't really have too many conversations with people about it, but I can only imagine that they probably would have questioned my boss's decision to hire me. You know, as somebody who is an employer, honestly, Tam, I think to myself, people who, I mean, I do understand some of the fears about hiring somebody who's pregnant, you know, thinking about, well, shit, I'm going to have to replace them soon. What if Mm. they change their mind and don't want to come back? I understand that, but I also Mm. feel like, good people are really hard to find. Mm. And there's a lot of very talented, experienced women who'd be having babies right at a point where their career is at its peak. And it would be a massive missed opportunity to not hire them because they were pregnant. Well, it happens all the time. I mean, even trying to get back into the workforce after you've had a child, there are so many, yeah, like really talented women I know who just can't find the right gig for the, for the position that they're in. And that's the gender pay gap we're talking about that you kind of, your your career almost stalls when you have children because you can no longer climb up that ladder and be given the same opportunities that yeah. you that your, you know, male peers would have because you've kind of got two jobs at the same time. Unless yeah. unless you're of the, you know, the ones who who become the, the, the main worker and then the partner is 
is, is the caregiver to the children, but often we don't see that. It's usually the mother who, the woman who is taking care of the kids and also working part-time. Is it unusual? I mean, some people might find it unusual that a rugby league team, no less, would be hiring a pregnant woman. It's not what you'd expect mm. from a perception perspective anyway, given, you know, people see it as such a masculine or, a, a, you know, an environment with so much toxic masculinity maybe for them mm. to hire somebody mm. pregnant. Were you shocked? I was I was a little bit surprised, not just that it was a rugby league, but just in, under any circumstances that you'd hire a pregnant woman, like three months pregnant. But I think to your point about it being rugby league, I think having worked in rugby league now and spoken to a lot of people who have been in rugby league for a long time and in sport, it's changed. Yeah. The industry has changed so much. So I think they've gone from being run like football clubs and a boys' club and, yeah. you know, past players getting jobs like marketing managers and stuff like that to to being a proper business run like a professional business. So you no longer can get away with doing the things that, you know, you used to do as a football club in the 80s or even 90s that toxic masculinity doesn't really exist anymore, at least in the front office it doesn't. I'm sure when you go into the locker room with the boys, I've heard all sorts of things, but they don't know I'm there. So... <laughs> But that's boys. I mean, that probably happens when that probably happens when my husband goes away on, on, on a weekend trip with his mates, you know? Yeah. Put boys together and, and, and they're a bit funny like that. But um, in terms of in a business sense and speaking just, I guess I can't speak for everybody, but speaking in my workplace, which is at Parramatta Eels, it's definitely come a long way. And it's definitely a professional awesome. working environment where women are respected and I've always felt respected as a woman. That's amazing. No, they're a yeah. good they're a good group that you work with. Now, it, mm. it's when you talk about having the conversation with your boss, but telling him that you were pregnant, and you'd gone through the process of not only taking notes down in terms of how do I approach this. The other thing that you would have planned would have been okay. Well, one, how do I approach this? And B, how can I help solve the problem that's going to be posed in six months' time? Yeah. And in doing that, making sure that you're going in there with a solution and a real shot mm. yeah, to take, the, to take this job on, which is fantastic. I find that some people, when they're faced with a situation where they're maybe apprehensive about communicating something, they sometimes feel a little bit lost as to how to approach the conversation in general. Yeah, I was just going to say, I guess for me, probably because I, I maybe had a previous relationship with him as a client, I kind of had an idea of who he was, but also nothing makes me feel more uncomfortable than bullshitting. So if I even stretched the truth a little bit and waited until I signed the contract and said, oh, hey, I just found out I was pregnant, sorry, that would have made me so uncomfortable just with my own personal morals and ethics. And I guess starting a business relationship or a working relationship that way just just wouldn't have worked. So he probably yeah. would have known that I know I knew I was pregnant. And then to go in there yeah. starting off like that just would have put a strain, I think, on, on, on the relationship and on my ability to – or his ability to trust me as, as his employee. Yeah. Were you nervous when you had the chat? I was so nervous. I had to go into a room and close the door because for me this was the opportunity of a lifetime. So this was literally my dream job. So – and then to think that the timing could have ruined that for me and, and you don't get these opportunities very often. So if I had missed this opportunity, it's not like he was going to say, okay, I'll call you back in a year. Let's see where we're at. Yeah. He would have had to give it to somebody else. Yeah. And these jobs don't come up very often, especially if you don't have experience in that field itself. So my yeah. my background was IT and consumer. 
consumer PR, yeah. not sports. And just telling him that I watch every rugby league game is not does not mean I have experience in sport. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, Tam, some people might have not even had or might not have gone in there approaching it from a perspective that I actually am going to go for this job. Yeah. You know, some people would have just gone in and said, look, thank you so much for thinking of me, but I'm pregnant. And then that would have then been on the employer to either step up and say, well, that's okay. Or perhaps they would be apprehensive in saying that, thinking I don't want to encourage somebody who's pregnant and in a comfortable job. Yeah. yeah, well, that's. I think though that's sometimes where, as women, we shoot ourselves in the foot as well, because we don't. We're always worried about maybe what we're gonna, what someone else is gonna think, or how we're gonna impact somebody else instead of just yeah. taking the bull by the horn and going, you know what, I can do this, and here's a solution, yeah. and we can work through that this time when I'm pushing a baby out and then having to breastfeed for a few months. But mm. that's life and that's what happens. And I'm and, and it's almost like having a bit more self respect for us as professional career women as well. Like mm. you just gotta believe yeah. in yourself and know that you are the best person for the job. Just because you're pregnant about to have a baby, that doesn't stop everything. There are solutions Absolutely. to this. I mean, we're not you know, we're not running for the presidency here. It's it's not brain surgery. This can But but mind you, even if you were, there's there have been people who have been in prime ministerial positions that have been pregnant and had kids, and that hasn't been a problem. Well, and yeah, well, just they're the best leader. I mean, a hundred percent, yeah, a hundred percent, and and that's you know that's something to be admired, and that's something we should keep trying to push towards. I think rather than making excuses and always trying to please and making it easier for other people, we should still try and get those opportunities that we really want. A hundred percent, and I also think that one of the things is to change our mindset. And not just assume that the response on the other side is going to be, oh, well, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I actually think he probably would have been disappointed if I had said to him, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm actually pregnant, bummed about the timing, maybe next time. He probably would have been quite disappointed with that. But I think if you show a bit of tenacity and a bit of resilience and, and I really want this and I'm going to make it work, honestly, attitude is, is half the battle these days with work. Yeah, absolutely. No. I mean, it helps in your case that you that you knew him and he had the security of knowing that you were going to be amazing at the job. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to admit that I'm amazing at the job, but I'm okay. Oh, no, no. Sorry, <laughs> you're not. You're not. I, I'm just suggesting he might have thought that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I mean, you're going to have to ask I know him what that. you're capable of, love. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it's true is that like if you approach someone that you know, they're already good. You've worked with them before. They're going to be a good fit. He could hire anybody in a year or two years and they're going to have a baby. I think in your position, what yeah. what made it that little bit easier is that he just, he knew you. Now, the people in the organization didn't. So he would have had to convince them that, hey, believe me, this is going to be a really good move for us. Yeah, exactly. And that's another thing I think that's really important, especially in our industry, is relationships. So never, ever burn your bridges, even though sometimes you might want to burn that bridge. <laughs> it's really important to maintain the relationships. <laughs> <laughs> you just never know the people you're going to bump into, the opportunities they have. And that's anyone. They could be someone who when you started, you know, when you've been in a job as a professional, they may have yes. been lower than you in the hierarchy. Eventually yeah. they might become, they might have a position that they can then help help you out with. So it's really important yeah. to keep those relationships going. And I remember I stayed in touch with him even when he wasn't a client. So just through different networks, you know, seeing him at events, I'd always make an effort to, to, to go chat, I guess. 
it's just important to keep those relationships going in, in, our, in our industry. 100%. That's what communication is all about, right? Absolutely. Absolutely it is. And, you know, on the note of communication, I think there's four things for, for people or women who might find themselves in a situation where there's a job that they really want and they're uncertain about how they go for it. I think there's there's four things that maybe a, a woman can do to help overcome some of the communication apprehension they may feel about having mm. the conversation. And I think the first one is prepare and actually practice. So think about yep. what it is that I'm going to pitch, why I'm good for this job and why my pregnancy is irrelevant. And and, and, and believe it, like not just I'm trying to convince 100%. myself that I'm good enough, believe that you are good enough because if Absolutely. someone's called you back for an interview... If you've been approached by someone for an interview or even to, to take on a job, then you absolutely are good enough. Exactly. No, that's a really good point. I think the second one is, and you touch on it, it's focus on success. Think positively. Focus on, mm. you know, on the fact that, yeah, you do stand a chance and then you go in with a chance to achieve exactly that when you really, truly believe yeah. it. And I think the, the third one is familiarizing yourself with the situation, which helps to reduce ambiguity and will help with the planning and make you feel more comfortable. So getting to mm. know the company, researching, trying to understand who it is that you're mm. going to be speaking to and talking to anybody who might know them, I think will help, yeah. particularly if, if they don't know the, the person interviewing like you did, for instance. Yeah. And I think the, the last one is just try and relax. I know it's hard to, to do mm. in practice. But calming yourself down, going into a room, closing that door, having taking that deep breath before you go in, go in to have the conversation. Well, so I think, you can I think preparing clean. helps you to relax. Absolutely. If, if you're prepared yeah. and you're pretty confident with what you're going to say and how, and if you can anticipate some of the questions that might be asked and, and have answers ready, then I think yeah. I think that helps you relax and, 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 take, and take the conversation head on. And then you know what, whatever happens from there, has nothing to do with you or your pregnancy. Exactly. No, yeah. no, absolutely not. There's things you just can't control. I mean, you know, if, if you if you get pregnant, whether it's by choice or not, you're pregnant. I mean, and, and if an opportunity comes up that it's not the right time, that's okay as well. There will be other opportunities. I guess I was just telling my story about it, about it being my, my, my dream job, but opportunities come and go all the time. Except your dream one. Those ones yeah. are pretty special. <laughs> Yeah, look, I, I would have absolutely kicked myself so hard if I didn't actually get the job. <laughs> so uh, I am grateful that I didn't get it. I, I did. You know what? I've only just remembered this. Oh, my God. I don't know why I didn't think of this before I had the conversation with you. But how's this? I did get approached by a recruiter for a job, mm -hmm. a very senior job in sport, but on the broadcast side. So it was, when was this? Role on the broadcast when I was pregnant with my second baby. No way! You didn't tell me about this. I know, you know what? Can we talk about it now, or do we have to? I, can you tell me who it is? Totally talk about it now because I ignored all the advice that I just shared. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> talk to me. Who was it? I can't tell you that. I'd have to kill you. But oh, I, I can okay. tell you it was a it was a recruiter, and um, okay. he was recruiting on behalf of a sports channel. Yep. And they were looking for a head of comms, a head of, a head of publicity and promotions. Got it. And I remember. Well, you would have been amazing at that, Marie. I know. I know. Yeah. I'm pleased. I'd be amazing at you your job if you want so me to take over. 
<laughs> I have no doubt. No, I'm, I'm not mentioning you to my boss. Josh, I am just kidding. But when he he reached out to me on, on LinkedIn and said, hey, I'd really love to have a chat. We've got this job going. Would you like to have a conversation? I was like, absolutely. Feel free to give me a call and pass on my number. Yeah. And so I listened to what he had to say and I said, look, I'm absolutely interested in applying for this job. I think I'd so be is this when you were it. pregnant with your second? I was pregnant, yeah. How far along? And this was uh, probably four months. I was okay, three, got it. three, four months, yeah. Mm. But the difference is I didn't know this this guy, yeah. So he had no idea who I was. But he had approached me; yep. someone had referred me or something like that. And so I, um, I gave him a quick spiel. I wasn't prepared in any way. It was just kind of off the cuff because you know me; I just swing those balls left, right, anyway. Yeah. And I would get <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> Dude, this is what it is. I, you know, I we spoke about the job, and then I said, "Hey, by the way, I am, um, I am pregnant, but I don't think that change. Well, it certainly doesn't change anything for me. Still, really keen to pursue the opportunity, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And so he said, "Look, let me think about it, and I'll get back to you." Mm. And then I got a, I got a message on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, it's just, it's not great timing. Yeah, I mean, but do you think there's anything you could have done differently? You know, I, when I. I actually haven't reflected on it. Like I said, it. it um, I only just remembered that it happened literally as we were speaking right now. Mm. But when I think about it, oh, yeah, I think I could have. I think I could have taken it way more seriously rather than so off the cuff. And sometimes, right. I mean, this is, this is one of my flaws. I think sometimes I get really cocky with how I communicate, <laughs> you yeah. know? So yeah. I think, Why wouldn't you, know, you want me like, even while I'm, while I'm giving birth? <laughs> I'm like, hello, you should be so lucky. <laughs> but but I um I I do think that had I have planned it better and thought it through a little bit better and put forward a better case that things might have gone a little bit further. But again, I think when there's a recruiter involved, it's really different because recruiters, yep. I think, have a very clear brief on who to bring yes. through the door. Yeah. Yeah, the employer probably doesn't know you and they probably would have seen that as possibly a risk for them if they don't yeah. know you personally. Yeah. So they probably would have thought, and if it's a senior position, they probably would have thought, oh, what am I going to do? Am I going to have to pay a recruiter in another three months to then try and hire a replacement? So, so I'm not sure there's anything that you could have possibly done in that scenario, to be honest with you. I might go back and ask him. Do it. And then let him hey, listen mate, to this podcast. Listen to this. <laughs> Have a listen, okay? And see, look what you missed out on. I'll send him a photo. <laughs> Swing those balls. <laughs> oh, you're the best, Tam. Thank you so much for joining me and having a laugh and sharing your story. Thank you. This has been the absolute highlight of my two week quarantine. So I could do this again anytime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll try and think of another topic and I'll ring you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, man, what we, anytime. What we can cover, we can, we can cover maybe something that. to do with handling handling um, young, troublesome football players maybe. Oh, uh, we, it'll be a longer call than this one, mate. <laughs> I've got lots to talk to you about with that. <laughs> That's well, where the interesting maybe, stuff is. I know, right. Well, listen, this was just to warm you up. And okay. also we should tell, I think we, it's only fair that we tell everybody your current situation, which is you're, you're on to baby number three. Yes, I'm pregnant again. 
I wish my husband would stop tapping me on the shoulder, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, God. I'm finding myself in this predicament. The people at home. What's there to do, really? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, yeah, so baby number three, so I'm actually due to go on maternity leave. Um, and I actually want to take this opportunity to give my to give my employer another wrap. Um, we've all been stood down from our positions because NRL is effectively not in operation at the moment and we're getting absolutely no revenue. But they have kindly left me on one day a week until I am able to get maternity leave. So that's awfully generous of them and I didn't ask for that. They just off their own bat um, did that for me. So I'm very proud of my You must my be doing something through. right there, Tam. I mean, I can't imagine what it might be. But <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely my husband's yeah. child. It's definitely my husband's child. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is wonderful of them, actually. Yeah. It's a really, really um, generous move on their part. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, to be honest with you, when your employer does things like that for you, you want to go on b- above and beyond for them as well. So I'll be on call seven days a week. You know what I mean? I don't think they'd accept that. But I think as long <laughs> as you don't go, I think as long as you don't leave them to go to the Bulldogs, they might just be okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would, that would be death, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks True. again, Tam. It's been such a pleasure having a chat with you. I've really missed our, Thanks, our conversation. Yeah, same. Let's do this more often. For sure. With the recording or without? Without, I've got, I've got too many juicy stories. <laughs> <laughs> All right, done. You're too naughty. Okay. Done, yeah. Bye, mate. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. You too. Bye, love. See ya. Bye. And that's Comical for this week. If you'd like to join the show, suggest a topic or ask me a question, hit me up on Instagram at Daggle or email me, comicalpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. See ya.